your parents know that you listen to the evil rock music. You're an American teenager, for God's sake. Welcome to Gilmore Girls Soundtrack. I'm Melissa Olson. Episode 107, The Sound. Today, we'll discuss the music of Season 1, Episode 7, Kiss and Tell, and we'll hear from record collector, concert promoter, and punk rock bowler, John Esquivel. Finally, we'll finish the episode with recommendations for what's spinning in Stars Hollow. Grab your coffee. It's time for Gilmore Girls Soundtrack. This is normally where I would give you a little backstory, maybe a little anecdote from my own life, but episode seven has a lot going on. It really only has one commercial song, but there is so much to talk about in regards to music and character development, so I'm just going to get right to it. This episode starts out with our only recorded musical moment during Miss Patty's rehearsal for the Autumn Festival, which is accompanied by music from Vivaldi. And flutter, 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 flutter. And leaves. Where are my leaves? I got pumpkins, I got pilgrims, I got no leaves. This piece comes from a group of four violin arrangements called the Four Seasons, each of which creates Vivaldi's musical expression to a season of the year. The one in this scene is a representation of autumn. Much of the classical music we hear throughout Gilmore Girls is either found in Miss Patty's dance studio or at the Elder Gilmore's house during dinner. Whether it's teaching classical ballet, good posture, or just better table manners for an upcoming cotillion, this is often the soundtrack for scenes where things need to be just so. the music reference pertains to Lane Kim and hints at the kind of music culture she experienced at home. You can't leave? It's sing your favorite hymn night at the Kim house. Make a run for it. Now this isn't the first time that we've heard Lane express distaste with how her house is run, but as the show progresses and the character of Mrs. Kim develops, we learn quickly that the Kim household has a lot of strict rules, which probably means that traditional hymns are the only approved music Lane is allowed to participate in. At least, the only music she's allowed to participate in at home. What kind of information? Well, let's see. Dean's from Chicago, which you know. I do. He likes Nick Drake and Liz Fair and the sugar plastic, and he's deathly allergic to walnuts. Walnuts bad. Got it. Most people who are into music, even a little bit, have heard of Nick Drake and Liz Fair. But the sugar plastic? Have you heard of them? My guess is that Amy Sherman Palladino had not only heard of the Sugar Plastic, but she was probably a pretty big fan. 
Perhaps by including the band in a list of music Dean was interested in, it would make him seem much more independent and cool with his music tastes. Maybe Amy just wanted to create a little extra buzz for a band from LA that she liked. Either way, this is a rare instance of a reference falling rather flat after 16 years, as the band didn't really achieve much widespread acclaim. They did record the song you hear in 2001 for use on the soundtrack of the hit cartoon series Powerpuff Girls. I added another Sugar Plastic song to the complete soundtrack playlist on Spotify, which you can find in the show notes at GilmoreGirlsSoundtrack.com. The next musical reference we have in this episode happens when Dean shows up for movie night at the Gilmore's house, but he gets sidetracked when Babette and Maury catch him. And much like Lane, they're also very interested in Dean's music tastes. So, Dean, you like jazz? Oh, it sure does. It's all we ever hear about, right? Jazz, 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 jazz. We already got the scoop on Dean's music taste earlier from Lane, who mentioned Nick Drake. How much does it suck that they use Pink Moon in a Volkswagen commercial? Oh, I know. But just in case you're unfamiliar, let's go ahead and take a listen to Pink Moon from Nick Drake. I saw it written and I saw it say was originally released in 1972 on an album of the same name, which was the only one of Nick Drake's studio albums to be released in the United States during his lifetime. Like Drake's previous albums, Pink Moon did not sell well, but has gained much critical acclaim since the singer's untimely death at the age of 26 in 1974. In 1999, Pink Moon was used as the soundtrack for the first debut of a television advertisement on the internet by Volkswagen. The chief creative officer, Ron Launer, said in a press release, The song is very special. It's an old song by a guy named Nick Drake. It's called Pink Moon and is actually a very good introduction to Nick Drake if you're not familiar with him. It's very transporting and to us seem very fitting for a beautiful drive in the country on a very special night. This commercial led to a significant increase in record sales, placing Pink Moon at number 5 on Amazon.com sales charts. In 2001, Volkswagen gave all new Cabrio buyers a compilation CD honoring all the company's music and advertising pairings, featuring Pink Moon as the first track. So it seems like Dean has got a pretty decent music taste. At this point, I'm pretty okay with Rory being swoony for him. But what kind of movie taste does he have? And does he know how to feel things? So, come on, Dean. Tell us some of your embarrassing secrets. Well, I I have no embarrassing secrets. Oh, please. I bet I know one. What? The theme from Ice Castles makes you cry. Oh, that's a good one. (laughs) That's not true.
this feeling end It's everything I am in case you aren't familiar, Ice Castles is a 1978 film which tells the story of a young figure skater and her rise and fall from the spotlight, including a freak accident involving blindness. Yes, it's as awesomely dramatic as it sounds. The theme song, Through the Eyes of Love, was made famous by singer Melissa Manchester and was nominated for an Academy Award and a Golden Globe. Unfortunately, it lost both times. However, according to Rory, it didn't fail to bring tears to Dean's eyes. Now is when I make an apology. In a previous episode of my show, I might have assumed that the girls were fans of Paul Thomas Anderson and recommended that you listen to a certain song by Amy Mann from a movie called Magnolia. It looks like I was a little bit off base. So, uh, at what point does the outsider get to suggest a movie for movie night? It depends. What movie are you thinking of? I don't know. Uh, Boogie Nights, maybe. You'll never get it past Lorelai. Not a Marky Mark fan? She had a bad reaction to Magnolia. She sat there screaming for three hours, I want my life back. And then we got kicked out of the theater. It was actually a pretty entertaining day. Guys, even I can't remember every single reference from Gilmore Girls. And that's saying a lot. This week, my guest is personally one of my favorite humans. He used to host his own radio show, ran a DIY punk venue in one of California's smaller cities, and can dance a circle around anyone. Here's John Esquivel. I probably had too much coffee today. But yeah, I, I think I came out perfectly okay by listening to things like, uh, I guess going back to a different Gilmore Girls episode, listening to like Rancid and things like that, listening to like a lot of that kind of punk. I think I came out okay. And even though like when I was younger, I thought it was like pretty rebellious. I didn't get like too crazy. And I think that definitely like a lot of that music helped develop me into the person I am today where I'm a little more go with the flow. I guess embrace like a like a DIY mentality. You know, you're growing up in Fresno. You're like, oh, like, what am I going to do? Oh, you know, I'll just book like punk shows and make some zines and maybe start a band and maybe eventually tour or something like that and meet some people. (laughs) My members only jacket took me far. (laughs) Okay, let's do a little compare and contrast here. You get kissed on the mouth by a cute, cool, sexy guy you really like. And I get kissed on the forehead by a theology major in a members-only jacket who truly believes that rock music leads to hard drugs. I think I have like four members-only jackets. Some of them I don't necessarily wear because they're a little a little outdated and old, but I actually still wear one of my... I have a red members-only jacket I still wear all the time. So yeah, even if you listen to rock music, you'd still wear things like a members-only jacket. Uh, I don't think we've learned too much about Lena as a character. She hasn't really progressed too much. We're just kind of picking up that she's living through Rory. Because Rory doesn't have a super strict mom like Lane. You know, Lane is pretty, more of like a, like she looks like a well-to-do. If you looked right at her, you would think, you wouldn't think that she would be into a lot of the things that she isn't. You wouldn't think that she's hiding music in her floorboards or interested in even learning about Rory's kiss. You know, you look at her and you think, that's that's a pretty conservative girl who probably doesn't know any of that and probably doesn't even think about things like that. So, so far, yeah, I think we're just kind of learning about who she is, really, and, like, where, like, why she is the way, why, why Lane is the way that she is, and how she was trained by her mom to live a certain way, and how strict that her household is. Fair enough. You can live through me. But just remember that I have no idea what I'm doing. I was a big Dean fan at first because I think Rory was really good at selling him. God! 
You're like Ruth Gordon, just standing there with the tannis root. Make a noise. Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. Well, that's a great movie. You got good taste. You know, Rory's all about, like, I want somebody who has, like, really good tastes. I want to be friends with people who have really good tastes. They know things about books. They know things about movies. I can mention, like, an actor or an actress that maybe not everybody will know, but, you know, I want somebody that would know things like that. But I think in the long run, Dean was just kind of like a guy that was there and was kind of like, eh, whatever. When Dean was trying to really impress Rory, that's where I guess he's like, well, you know, I got to think of these things to, to talk about. I mean, yeah, he doesn't even know who Bjork is in a later episode, but he had a Liz Fair album, apparently. Who knows? So he's, so they say. It's time for Spinning in Stars Hollow, where you get recommendations for music based on what we heard in this episode. You can always find the songs on the Spinning in Stars Hollow playlist in my show notes at gilmoregirlsoundtrack.com. This week, my guest, John Esquivel, has a few suggestions for the playlist. His first suggestion this week, I am trying to break your heart from Wilco. I think Roy would have really liked this album. I feel like she would have had this album when it came out. Uh, it was pretty cool and hip, and it's probably something that she would have listened to with Lane. Lane may have even had it hidden away somewhere. Um, but I also feel like a lot of people latched onto the album, maybe even this song, if they were kind of going through like a weird time. And I think this is like a perfect time for her to pick it up when she's kind of figuring out why. Um, Dean would randomly kiss her or what exactly it meant and kind of figuring out like what the next step is how to deal with everyone in the city talking about her own personal business you may remember Wilco from their song My Darling which appeared in episode 4 The Deer Hunters while the girls studied in the kitchen I also picked Johnny Hartman's Kiss and Run because that's exactly what Rory did in the episode. And also, I, I feel like this is something that she would have possibly had in her collection. I know they do like to talk about random little jazz tidbits here and there. And sometimes the references get a little obscure. And I feel like this, this would be the perfect, perfect track of Johnny Hartman, a guy who did a couple uh, albums with John Coltrane. You let me think that I'm your one big love. Then you kiss and run from me Then you kiss and run Born in Louisiana in 1923, Johnny Hartman would become a critically acclaimed jazz singer. Unfortunately, he would never become that widely known. He recorded a well-known album with John Coltrane in 1963 called John Coltrane and Johnny Hartman. This was the only album Coltrane recorded as the leader with any vocalist. The album became an instant jazz classic. We chose this song mostly for the very appropriate title, as well as being a wonderful example of Hartman's smooth, commanding voice. What did I do that you should 
should act this way Don't you know you've got to stay Right here in my heart So Won't you remember That this crazy game Isn't any fun for me Isn't any fun You've got to Next up is a recommendation for those who might be interested in what else might have been in Dean's CD collection. We have the song Awake from Letters to Cleo. It's hard for me to think about Letters to Cleo without also thinking of Parks and Recreation's Ben Wyatt. There's much more to say about the 90s Boston band. Letters to Cleo may be best known for their 1994 single, Here and Now, from their debut album, Aurora Gory Alice. This album artwork is actually on the shirt that Ben Wyatt wears in Parks and Recreation. This song, Awake, was released as a single from their follow-up album, Wholesale Meats and Fish, receiving a bit of play on college and alternative radio. The song is upbeat and cheerful, and it feels like something Rory would listen to during the early puppy love stage of her romance with Dean. Dean may have even given her this CD. If he was so into Liz Fair, there's a pretty good chance he was also a fan of singer Kay Hanley. Finally, if Dean was into the sugar plastic, he probably had a few CDs from Canadian band Sloan. Sloan is a wildly successful alternative band in Canada. The Toronto-based quartet originated in Halifax in 1991. They received nine Juno nominations and have won once. The Juno Awards are Canada's annual music awards for Canadian musicians, honoring both technical and artistic achievements across all aspects of music. Can I think it's all it is? Okay. 
This song, Coax Me, was released on their sophomore album, Twice Removed, on Geffen Records, and spent 12 weeks in the top 100 charts in Canada. Unfortunately, due to artistic disputes, Geffen didn't promote the album in the United States. However, it still sold well in Canada. Sloan had a difficult time breaking into the U.S. market, resorting to creating a more radio-friendly album in 2003 called Action Packed. The plan failed to gain the band more success in the U.S., but they continue to be very, very popular in their homeland of Canada. For joining me this week for Gilmore Girls Soundtrack, I'm Melissa Olson. To read the show notes, go to GilmoreGirlsSoundtrack.com. And if you've been a little uptight this week, maybe try not to take yourself so seriously. Just relax. Seriously, John, relax. I gotta take myself seriously here. So-